At First Rounds on Me, we believe that one real date is better than 100 pen pals. With our mobile dating app, we make it fun and easy for you to meet someone in person for a real date. See someone you're interested in? We help plan your date. Pick a drink, a time, a venue, and send that person a date invite. It's that simple. You only get one confirmed date per day. Give your full attention to one person at a time so you can actually get to know each other in person. Our key differentiators allow you to focus on what's most important, dating with intention and connecting with someone in person. Once your date is confirmed, you only get 12 hours to chat before your date starts. If you're tired of the endless small talk with pen pals on other dating apps, First Rounds on Me is for you. Welcome back to Crowdsourcing Love. I'm here today with Erica Spera. Hi, Erica. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you today? Not bad. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty, like, frantic right now. I just came from uptown. I'm busy, but I like being busy. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. better on a schedule. You're better on a schedule? Yeah, if I have all day to do something, I will do it at 9 p.m. Yeah, I'm a procrastinator too. So Erica's a comedian, but I would love you to like formally introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, sure. My name is Erica Spira. I am a comedian in New York. Uh, I've been doing comedy for like 10 years now, and I also uh, host a dating relationship podcast, mm -hmm. two of them, and I am public about having herpes, so that's kind of my short spiel. Okay. I came out about it on my podcast, Shooters Gotta Shoot, years ago. And uh, yeah, so that's often why often why I'm on dating podcasts. For yeah, a topic. no, I think that you're really interesting because of many reasons, not just your herpes, oh. but I think it's an important topic at some point to cover, just because I think that it's more common than people talk about, and so there's a lot of like stigma, but that's just because there's not a lot of understanding. But I don't want to start there. I want to talk about Mr. Height first. Sure. So how that's long my have other podcast finding Mr. Height? Because your shooter's got to shoot mm -hmm. and Mr. Height. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, how tall are you? I'm 5'11". I'm just under six feet. Okay. And is dating in like the tall girl space, is that, do you find it harder or like, you know what I mean? I'm just wondering because of the the name of the podcast. Yes. So the name of the podcast stems from my co-host. That's her like TikTok handle. Okay. And she kind of did something similar to you. Did like, I believe 15 or 20 dates one month. Oh, wow. To basically challenge herself to really do online dating. Because okay. she had never really... Like, really tried it, took it seriously, like, put herself out there. Okay. So she started the account to kind of hold herself accountable. And she's also tall. She's six feet tall. Mm. Um, so in general, on dating and height. Yeah. What's interesting is my co-host, Allie, does not date people shorter than her. I do. Okay. I'm open to doing that. Yeah. Um, but I have also done personal experiments with online where I made my height shorter to see if it would make a difference, and it does. Oh, it really does? Yeah, you get more matches. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because either way, though, I find a lot of men don't pay attention to the details. Mm. And um, I have pictures that show I'm, like, significantly taller than other women to be like, hey, in case you missed it. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't care. Yeah, you don't care. I No, I don't. It's harder online to be attracted to someone that's shorter than you mm -hmm. because obviously it's like the first time you're meeting and as opposed to meeting someone in person, you might just feel whatever vibe or energy. Okay. Uh, but the last two guys I was very much into were shorter than me, so I've never really had a hard rule. Yeah. It's more of a like, oh, it would be nice. Yeah. You know, it's an added bonus for me. It but, is a bonus. But it's like, uh, I think I looked up the stats, it's like 14% of the U.S. population are six feet and taller for mm -hmm. men. Which is not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not a There's lot. There's a lot of short kings out there. Yes. And as long as they're confident and secure in themselves, I personally don't care about height. 
but I've been told by guys who are shorter that I also have tall girl energy. Oh, and so like they think I need to be dating taller men too. But I'm you? but I'm only five six. I mean oh, that's it's very, very it's very average, but I just also think it's like how you're built. Because I feel yeah. like I'm a little bit lanky. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I have long legs. Okay. I mean, sometimes it's just your natural presence. I've been told I read tall, like, when I walk in a room by myself. Oh, really? And that's usually when you can't tell how tall someone is, really. Mm, true. Or I perform on stage, and it's the number one thing people will say to me after. Like, how tall if are they you? they walk up to me and say hello, they'll go, oh, wow, you're tall. Okay. But it's like when you're by yourself with nothing to compare to. Yeah. I think sometimes it's just more about energy. Like, if you walk in a room and you stand up straight and you have a presence, like, you come off. Yeah, all. like Kevin oh, Hart like is so short, but I've mm. seen him enter a room and it's like he's the biggest man in the room. Like he has presence. Yeah, huge presence. And that's why I don't care about the exact statistics of like I am this this feet high and like these inches tall or whatever. Sorry, I'm like totally butchering it. But you get what I'm saying where it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't really matter because it's like how do you carry yourself? What's your energy like? What's your confidence like? But I also respect it. Like I've heard people be like I'm going to puke if he's not taller than me. Oh, God. And like – I've heard that too. And I'm like, honestly, if that's your number one priority and you care about that more than like, is he family oriented or has good values? Like that's your cross to bear. Like it's not my business to like try to change your mind. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that thing? Like build the $5 man challenge? No. What is this? It's this list of uh, different traits. And basically you only have $5 and each trait is you spend money, but they make it. So it's like, if you want tall and good looking, those are both $3. You can't have both. Oh. So it does what you say where it's like, okay, pick what's really most important to you, yeah. but you still need to be open-minded where it's like, do you think you're going to get absolutely everything in a mm-hmm. person? No. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. That's so the, like I'm willing thing. to compromise yeah. on height and mm-hmm. I'd rather like put that money towards something else. You know what Yeah. I mean? What would you put your money towards? Um, I don't remember exactly what was on the list. But like what are your top three priorities? Top three priorities in general of a person? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely family oriented because I want kids. So mm-hmm. I want someone else who wants kids. Yep um motivated is a definitely definitely a top one okay um because i'm very driven and i also have found with past relationships you can't you can't motivate somebody they got to motivate themselves totally um the last one i'd say is probably just very caring very caring and wants to take care of you in some way i love that and that's been a big difference i've noticed with other people so it's like yeah. Caring as in like generosity of spirit. Maybe like, like they're thinking of, like they're thinking of you. They want to Yeah, not like, just me though. It's like it's how uh, attractive is it to see someone that really is thoughtful towards other people? Yeah, like their friends, their family. Yes, very yeah. much. Like notice it, you know, I mean, it could be the littlest thing like, oh, they notice you're out of toilet paper and they go get it. Yeah. Like that's so basic, but like just having roommates, you're like, wow, that shit really adds up. It does add it up. Really no, adds up. No, that's and really I like that. You notice the difference in personality. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love a generous person. So kind of backing up a little bit, how did you get into comedy? Did you have any jobs before comedy or like what's kind of your origin story in this space? Uh, I've had a lot of different jobs. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just started comedy uh, fresh out of college, came Mm -hmm. to New York. I actually took a class because I had no idea how to start Mm -hmm. comedy and I was always interested in it. Um, And then I just worked God, really any job that just gave me the flexibility to do comedy. Yeah. So I've done everything from like being an office assistant in like a finance space and like a tech space um, to like one time I was hustling three different jobs of restaurant, retail, and an ad agency part time. Yeah. Um, and different freelance stuff. Uh, so yeah, I've been all over the map because my number one was just I just need a job. I have an out time and I don't have to stay late often so I could go do shows, oh, okay. go open mics and like work on everything else outside of work. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. 
So how is it dating and being a comedian? How is it dating and being a dating podcaster? You know, how do those dynamics kind of go together in your life? Um, I think the impression of them is somewhat the same. Okay. The men, when they find out either I'm a comedian or have a dating podcast, their first thing is just like, oh, so like, am I material? Yeah. And am I going to be talked about? Um, so it's interesting because I've had people come at, not come at me, but basically comment like, well, how do you expect to have a boyfriend if you have a dating podcast? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, first of all, my dating podcast is not just spilling about a bunch of stuff from people I went out with. That's Mm -hmm. not what it is. Right. It sounds like you say dating podcast and everyone thinks you're like, call her daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What it is. Totally. Actually. Yep. Uh, Because also I'm like, I like men. I don't hate men. Why Mm -hmm. would I be on a podcast just bashing men? Mm -hmm. That's why. Yeah. That wouldn't help me at all. Would it? I feel like call her daddy bashed women more. (laughs) <laughs> that's I my mean, take but Color daddy was very uh put a lot of ideas in young women's <clears throat> minds that i really felt bad and did not agree with like yeah like if he's not sleeping with you he's fucking somebody else and i'm like jesus christ this this generation has enough anxiety what are we doing yeah um but yeah i didn't i didn't agree with a lot of stuff from that pod but it's mm-hmm. like yeah you listen to that pod and then you think oh that's what it's gonna be no um uh but yeah it's very like in general i think I need someone who is very confident and that doesn't mean they're necessarily very like extroverted, but mm. just you have to be a confident person or also uh, to also be like quote the behind the camera, you know? Mm. And it, I don't even mean that just in the like entertainment space. It's very like in relationships that energy shifts, right? Sometimes you're the star and the other person is the cheerleader. Yeah. And both people need to like be comfortable to switch in and out of those roles. I agree. There can't just be one star because me because humans are multidimensional and like it's just yes. not right to think that you should have the sun on you at all times and vice versa with your partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hate people will be like, oh, you need someone. You're the sparkler on the cake and they're the cake. No, I don't agree with that. I, and I'm like, yeah. no, because like that's also my job. True. So like I do that all the time. Yeah. That then when I come home, I'm like, I don't want to feel like I have to be, be this like performer or also yeah. like take charge of everything. Mm-hmm. And what I do is a very masculine energy type of job. You're like commanding a room. You have the full control. Yeah. And often I will draw people that then think, oh, good. You'll like call the shots and run the show oh. entirely in a relationship. And I'm like, but I don't want that. So you attract a lot of beta men. Yeah, typically. Okay. And it's also my natural energy is just always been. Alpha. Yeah, I'm like uh, I played basketball in college. I've always been like a sports person, mm. and and how I used to date was more masculine energy. I was very like, God, I remember being in middle school. Like, um, it's 2002. I can ask a guy out if I want. I love that. And yeah. I still think you can, but now I've learned too. more to like have a balance with it. Yeah. And not always be the one initiating every date and every text and every all that stuff. Yeah, you need reciprocity. Yeah. You just do. Right. Um, but I think it's okay to like speak first if that's, you know, how the spirit moves you. That's fine. <laughs> yes, like like whatever. So you recently did a episode on sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about guys who cause I've heard this a few different times recently where men are like post me too movement like it's really hard to approach women we don't want to be canceled or we don't want to be creepy i personally don't agree with that take but you know how do you kind of think about that i think the post me too movement has made men not chase as much you think i think it's made them not try several times i think that's the biggest okay so like if you're playing hard to get you're you're actually not really going to be getting that much yeah in terms of like some people have this idea like oh you shouldn't 
accept like a date right away mm. and i'm like who the fuck cares like because i think men have learned just like oh, okay if i ask once and she gives me the vibe she's not interested no, i'm not gonna no. keep bothering her mm. that's the number one thing i've heard from all my male friends about yeah it's like yeah there's no more of this playing hard to get you yeah. reject a man they've learned oh i need to respect that because if i don't now i'm crossing over into me too territory yeah, that's a really good point. I also think that if you reject a guy and you actually like him, it's just like so counterintuitive. I, I don't just, understand. Just communicate clearly. Like you don't have. It's not like you're being desperate by just being like, "Yes, I'll go on no. a date with you." Um, I also think that if you are super hard to get, the only guys who will pursue you like that are kind of the guys who are in it for the game. Yeah. And that's not the energy that you want to end up with. And mm-hmm. so, being too hard to to get or aloof is just like I don't think that's the move when it comes to intentional dating yeah or it is an asshole that's just a pushy person yeah and who wants that i wouldn't want that i mean that's what i've been with though because i'm very aloof in dating (laughs) and so i've had a string of relationships where it's like always i always end up with asshole Mm -hmm. but now i'm trying to change that interesting Mm -hmm. okay yeah does that come from like wanting them to pursue everything too i think so i think i i like i really like being pursued I'm, like, pretty aloof at the beginning, and then I, like, switch into, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, so anxious now. I'm obsessed. It's not a great pattern. Um, I think the best luck women have is when they, like, kind of, like, indirectly choose somebody, like, drop the handkerchief, and then, like, kind of, like, let him do the rest. (laughs) The drop the handkerchief. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm into that. Yeah, like, be like, oh. I'm interested. Like, say hi to him, but, like, yeah, don't ask him on a full-on date. Or you could be like, hey, let's get drinks, let's get coffee, and then let him choose the spot. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. Because I think most people – I always had a theory even, let's say, back in the day when, like, women weren't straight up asking out. Uh, my theory was always women are making the first move, technically. Yeah. There's always some signal you throw to them that they think she won't reject me. Yeah. And it can be the smallest thing, like, you smiled at them. I know. Like, it really can be the smallest thing like that. And I'm not, you yeah. know, being like, women smile more. But it's fucking true. Or like asking for directions or... So anything. 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 Yeah. Just the fact that you initiate like an open door or just an openness even in your body language is a yeah. signal to people that we don't even realize we're doing. Gotta give the open vibes. Yes. You yeah. have to. And it's, and it's hard. It's very hard. I don't get approached in public mm. that much. I've tried. And one of my methods is I will just keep looking over at somebody. I love it. <laughs> do you ever <laughs> get so like... Simple. Do you ever get like a what the fuck? No, no, no. No, I'm just no it's flattering, you know? Yeah, it is. Even if someone's not interested, it's always flattering if you were to approach somebody, which I will also still do. I'll still initiate an approach. And just what's your line then? I mean, you just have to open the door and say, like, hello. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll do it, like, on my way out. Mm. So it's also like, okay, if this doesn't go well, I don't have to stand here in this rejection. You have an escape route. Yeah. I've done yeah. it on a train, being like, all oh. right, I'll do it the stop before my stop. And then I get off the train. What happened? I remember I gave a guy my number. We ended up going out. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I just kind of kept looking over. I caught him looking at me. I was like, that guy's really cute. Yeah. yeah why not? Oh, my God. And that's why you have to say. You're just like, hey, I, I thought you were cute. Do you have, like, number. do you, like, challenge yourself? Like, are you like, okay, I have to give out my number four times this week? Like, what's I mean, the strategy? No. I mean, I've tried that before. Yeah. It's just more like I have the personality. I will be more mad at myself if I don't do anything. Mm. if you're somewhere and you feel like there's a vibe with someone or you keep like looking at somebody i'm just like what do i have to lose yeah i'm already not dating him Mm -hmm. so if i go over and say hi and he doesn't seem to be interested okay well nice to meet you and i just keep it moving that's so true i mean like i kick myself being like why didn't you just say hello yeah when i leave i need to start doing that i think that's i think that's a good tip it's very terrifying but i just say like what i'm about to do is flattering this is gonna make their night 
Yeah. So whatever the situation, if I end up going out with this guy, I don't, whatever. Or even if he, let's say I give him my number and I've had this, suddenly just get hit up like late at night. Oh, you out. What are you doing? Hookup vibes. Yeah, I would say nothing. I, I'm not mad about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. We wanted different things. Oh, so do you say that or do you just like ghost? I wouldn't straight up ghost. I would just deny. I'd just be like, oh, yeah, I'm busy. Mm. Do you ever ghost? Mm, I feel like I've only ghosted maybe once or twice. And it was always when you get like, uh, when I'd get like lots and lots of texts where you're just like, I don't know what to say. It's too much energy coming at you. It, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's like a lot where you're like, I. You, it's always when you just can't find the words. Yeah, I get anxious and I do go, like I used to ghost a lot. I'm trying to be better now. Wow, that's pretty bad. Um, but it's just people you've met, by the way. Yeah, it's just like anxiety. It's anxiety related, though, and so it's like, you know what I mean. It's like it's like a me problem, but I think that you can't take ghosting personally because Mm. I think when it's happening, it's because that person is emotionally like not able to communicate what they need to communicate. I'm not. Or you feel bad, like whatever the thing you're going to say, you feel bad because you're essentially rejecting someone. Yeah, they're both a rejection at the end of the day. Exactly, and so I think no words is like is words. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it means something if they don't say anything ever again. Of course, it sucks. I don't think it's acceptable, but after two or three dates, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. This also makes sense why you've dated some of the men that you've dated, like you said before. Yeah. Because when I've done that or been really short with people, Mm -hmm. it's just playing into that like whole chase bullshit. Yeah. And it's it's never been guys it's worked out with. No. But I've done it almost as an experiment. Like, I bet if I am very short and act disinterested, and it works. It can yeah. work, but it's never worked, like, long-term and actually in a good relationship. Yeah, but, like, with these guys, I wasn't actually interested. It wasn't me playing mm. a game. It was, like, I wasn't. And then they pursued so persistently that they, like, changed my mind. Okay, and then you the know what I mean? were interested, did they lose interest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's always what it is. Of course. Yeah, and that's the most frustrating, even when you're, like, on the fence. About I'm like, I didn't even stuff. like you. Yeah. Like, now you're doing this. Like, it's, it's so, yeah. Where you're like, I do not understand. You wanted this. Mm-hmm. And the minute I was like, okay, I'm in. Gone. Yep. Yeah, very frustrating. But it's about the game for those people. Mm-hmm. So you have been vocal about having herpes. You know, how has that impacted your love life? Um, Good and bad. Okay. I feel like anything in life, you get some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Good, It. I got it when I was 25. I'm now 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always very bad at, like, being vulnerable and showing really any signs of, like, weakness. I very much had the mentality, like, never let them see you sweat. Mm. Nothing bothers you. All that stuff. Especially, like, I felt like I needed to be someone's girlfriend to kind of earn that in a way. Mm, okay. You know? So it, it it's like a little bit of that chill girl where you're like, okay, I don't want to seem like, you know, things It's cool girl. Me. Yeah. Right? But the truth is when you're vulnerable and open in ways or even just little things like needing some help, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying herpes is me like needing help, but just in general, very little things like saying to somebody like, oh, could you like open the door for me? Mm-hmm. Or could you help me carry this like little shit that you're like, I could do this by myself. Mm. It makes people like you more. Like people want to feel needed. Yeah. And I was kind of raised. And also I think my generation was raised to be like, okay, women are independent now. Mm. Like we make our own money. We do our own stuff. You don't need a man. And it's like, I, I cannot need a man and at the same time make a man feel needed. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like having herpes really finally put me in a spot like I was kind of forced to have to be vulnerable with people earlier than I maybe normally would have. Mm. And I would not really share, open up about anything that maybe I had like trouble with um, or dealt with. So I think in that sense, it was good. I think it made me like 
actually more relatable in a sense mm -hmm. or the people that were okay with it it actually like brought us closer together yeah and it also opens the door for them to be vulnerable because we all want vulnerability and then we all get stubborn like well i'm not going to show it first yeah and a lot of times i've just learned like oh when things naturally come up whether it's about herpes or something else i've learned to just kind of be more open and more vulnerable and i used to think that was something that would be unattractive and i think it's actually the opposite i think very, people are very drawn to when you are like that i think that's what makes you closer and they possibly like see you in a different light yeah i think so too i think being able to like show your cards like obviously like you can't show your cards to everyone and i think some people right. have trouble with boundaries where like they're over giving and they are over trusting but i think that also if you're kind of leaning towards the side of like you have your wall up a lot Mm -hmm. You know, being able to kind of like lay down your guard a little bit, you know, exactly. let people in. I think it's really attractive. Like I think pe both men and women crave that. We do. Mm -hmm. We do. But it's a weird thing where you feel like, I mean, I think men feel this more where it's like you can't look like weak. Mm. But I felt that. And I think that came from my sports background. It was very like, oh, yeah, let stuff bother you and you let people see you sweat. It's like just going to make you make another mistake. And I kind of had that same mentality in life. And it was great for work. I was very successful in all my jobs. I would get promoted and everything. I was such a worker. And it's like, cause I was very good at like not showing like quote bad emotions at work and keeping my cool and all this stuff. And then when it came to dating, I think it really hurt me. Yeah. Cause people would be like, ah, it's like, there's no emotion to you mm. really at all. Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah. So like you were very strong and they were wanting to tap into like different sides of you. Yeah. They feel like mm. they, they don't know you on a level more than other people and totally. I think that's kind of what it gets at yeah no that's good I'm mean, I'm glad that you're able to talk to people but what's the timeline with it like how does it work because you know oh, other like people, people about herpes? yeah like like obviously like not everyone deserves to know your secrets yes but I mean obviously it's kind of an open secret in that like it's not a secret like it's not something yeah, you have shame about, about but you're public about it but like when it comes to somebody who you're going on dates with how do you kind of approach it now, that's a good question. A lot of times people ask, yeah, like, when should you tell somebody? Right. Um, I've varied on it, especially now being public. I'm very comfortable. Like, I've had people, like, make a joke about herpes. Oh, really? Early, like, a first date, second date. And I kind of was like, well, since we're on the subject. Oh. Um, because a lot of times people make jokes like that. They just, they don't realize, like, how common it, it is. It is, yeah. And a lot of times, like, when I have that opportunity, I'll just be like, oh, herpes is actually very common. Like, mm -hmm. you don't know anyone with herpes? And they usually say, No. And then I'll be like, oh, I have it. Okay. And there's something to having that attitude about it, too, that I think makes people a little more accepting. Yeah, because you accept yourself. If you were in a shame spiral, people would be like, oh, there is something wrong with her because, like, the way she thinks about it. But if you're yeah. like, you know what? It's fine. It's the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like um, – it's, it's hard because when I first had it, I was very much not good at telling people. Okay. I was flat at I was, like, backing myself into a corner where basically it would be like we would start to get physical – and I would have to, like, stop it to be like, oh, I have this. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, because I just, I didn't know how to bring it up and tell people. So what I've learned is, like, sh when should you tell people? I still feel like that varies for the person, obviously, before you sleep with them. Mm. But I found, like, doing it in the bedroom-type environment or you go back to their place-type environment is typically not the best because you're also putting them on the spot to make a decision right then and there. And you're not giving them really a second to think about it. Mm. Whereas if you tell them in, like, a more casual setting... Um, it almost does seem like kind of less of a big deal and also gives the opportunity to like talk about it. They can ask questions. They can go home, do some research, talk to their doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the biggest thing is like you're putting yourself on 
the you know platform to be a yes or a no. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of rejections when I was doing that, and I think it's because it's like it's like you put a gun to somebody's head. Yeah. Like decide right now. Do we yeah. do we have sex? Do we not? And the majority of people just don't know much about herpes. Right. So you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Totally. But I, I'd say I'd probably bring it up around the third date, whether I'm thinking about like sleeping with them or not. Mm. It's essentially when I decide I like this person. I want to see where this goes. I'll reveal this in case it is somewhat of a deal breaker. But it's usually after we've at least had like a little bit of physical contact, like made out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because it's. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's. Some, yeah. No, that's yeah. that's good to know. So you said it's super common. How common is it? Um, I looked this up before it came. Okay. So like, I think it was globally, I believe. It was uh, 67% of people are known to have either HSV-1 or HSV-2. Okay. And I think 13% of that is HSV-2. So HSV-1 is much more common. Okay. the type I have. Okay. And then isn't there a medication that you can take where it, like, basically makes it, like, non-transferable or something? Um, it'll help, yeah, not transmit it. But it's yeah. mostly um, – you mostly take it to avoid having outbreaks. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Um, yeah Valtrex is like the uh, <laughs> whatever non-generic one. And okay. then there's many other generic types like yeah. Valaciclior, I believe is how you spell it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's there's medication you can take. Um, it's not like PrEP though, where it's like the other person also takes it and it lowers oh, your okay. transmission rate. Yeah. You know? It's just for you because there's a chance you can be like, quote, shedding and not have like any bumps. Yep. And that's like on average eight days a year. But it depends on the person. I don't take it at all, and I haven't for years. And I've had partners with and without condoms, and I still have not transmitted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's unfortunately something you kind of figure out more with the time that you have it. And it's also why I encourage people, if you're not currently dating anybody and being sexual with anyone, to not take the medication. Oh, okay. And you often will find if you have certain triggers for outbreaks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I have one friend, if she just doesn't get a lot of sleep, it'll trigger an okay. outbreak. Some people, it's if you have a very stressful week. Um, others, it's just like <laughs> allergy season. Mm. Uh, a lot of women, it's around your menstrual cycle. Okay. That they'll be like, oh, when I'm like getting my period those first couple of dates, I might have a bump or two. Okay. But I think it's interesting to know because if you kind of naturally figure out if you have your own cycle to it, it's even easier to avoid. Um, and manage it. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's say somebody just found out that they have it, you know, what would you say to them? Would you, cause I'm sure it was not an easy journey No, just because of the ask. stigma around it. So like, what would you say to them? I guess. I mean, the first thing is many people have this that you do not know. Mm-hmm. You know them personally though. I'll but you, you don't know that they have it. You don't know that. They yeah. Have it. Nobody really reveals this, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because once I revealed it, there were many people personally in my life who just never, you know, told anybody except mm-hmm. for whoever they were dating. Who then were like, oh, my God, I have it, too. Yep. And it's shocking. It's very, very shocking. Um, first thing, especially it's hard for most people to deal with and manage. Uh, talk to somebody about it. You have to find somebody you trust to talk about it, whether that's a friend, a therapist, you know, family, whatever. That's on you. The more you keep it quiet and to yourself, it's just going to eat at you. Mm-hmm. I know that's what happened to me. Um, and I found this like all women's support group herpes that I would go to like every other week. Okay. And that really, really helped me was just finding other people that had it. So like I walked into a room and it was like, oh, here's all these badass women mm-hmm. that are just like me. Yep. And like quote normal people. So like just being like, oh, all these other normal people have it. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. Like that feeling alone was such like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's eating at you, I'm like, you got to talk to somebody about it. So maybe it's a therapist if you don't feel comfortable talking to friends and stuff like that. Um, The other thing is, I mean, you know, 
you're not alone. And at the end of the day, it isn't a big deal. I know it feels like a big deal. Like when I first got diagnosed and had an outbreak, my first thought was just, oh my God, you didn't have a boyfriend before having herpes. Like, how are you going to get one after? Which is such a sad thought yeah. to have. Mm -hmm. But it very much felt like I was dealt this thing that was like, oh, now nobody's going to want to be with you. And that is not at all true. Right. It feels like it. It's going to be hard the first time you tell other people. But that's why I'm like, you need to be telling some people in your life that you trust because it's also practice for you to tell people. Mm -hmm. um, and the third thing is most people are just very uneducated about it. Because when you get diagnosed by a doctor, they're immediately like, this is nothing. Not oh, really? Yeah. Like, they're very chill. If anything, they kind of dismiss it, mm. which fucks with you a little more. Like, I was, like, bawling in a doctor's office. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, this is, like, not a big thing. They're very like, okay, got herpes. Uh, like, and especially they looked at it mm. for, like, two seconds. I was like, can you look again? That seemed quick. Yeah, you like, know, are you sure? Diagnosis. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, right? But they they just know it from the medical standpoint. And they're like, this does not at all put your health at risk for anything. Oh, it doesn't? No. Okay. No, no. Like, uh, the top myths of having herpes, I would say, are like, the first one is, if you sleep with someone that has herpes, you automatically get herpes. That is absolutely not true. Okay. You're actually more likely to get it from someone who doesn't know that they have it. Oh. Because they either are like, yeah, are not taking medication, don't know any triggers, like, have no idea. So that's how most people get it. That's how I got it. The person that gave it to me had no clue. Got it. So it's like, uh, how, how would anybody know? Some people never have outbreaks, or, or most people do. I mean, most people have never had an outbreak, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, two, you can have kids perfectly fine. They do not have herpes. Mm -hmm. That's like, people I think assume that almost like AIDS. Oh, they it's in lump them blood, together. Technically. Okay. Yeah, but it's not at all the same. So like my friend that has herpes just had a baby. It's very like, unless you have an outbreak happening, you could have a vaginal birth. Okay. Everything totally normal. Your baby yep. is fine. Yep. Um, someone once thought it meant you can't get pregnant. That is not true. That's chlamydia, I thought, if it's untreated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That mm -hmm. can really, really affect. If, uh, if anything. Fertility. Yeah. In terms of like STD rankings. Mm -hmm. Yes, herpes is the permanent one, but it's actually the one that affects your health the least. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why it's not it's not included in routine STD tests. And that's what I tell everybody. Oh. Everybody thinks like, I've, I've been tested. I'm clean. It's like, mm, no, herpes is not included. If you don't get blood drawn, it's not included in your test. That's interesting. I and wonder why they don't include... It. Because it's not harmful to your oh, health. Oh, so they don't care. You're like, whatever. So yeah. Right. If you don't actively have an outbreak, they assume it means you just have had cold sores in your life. Okay. So a lot of doctors, even if you get like an HIV blood test, which usually includes it, will not even point it out to you. Oh, really? But yeah. you had an outbreak, so you're like, excuse me, what's happening? Yeah. Like, So I had the SOS. blood test and like a swab. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because um, a swab is the most accurate test. So if you get an outbreak, go to actually you can go to a dermatologist because it's a skin condition mm. so it's more so a skin condition than an sti but yeah. since it's on genitals it loops in um but Got yeah it. you're you're worse off having gonorrhea or chlamydia that's why we get tested for it regularly because yeah. that actually can really affect your reproductive health health i wonder why there's so much stigma around herpes specifically well an interesting thing i pulled up um is basically if you look at the history of herpes mm -hmm. it really was not a big deal in like the 70s okay it was like kind of like oh whatever herpes like yeah. who cares also and then we had you know the aids movement it's like who the fuck's worried about herpes when, when aids yeah was you know actually a deadly disease mm -hmm. right or i mean still is but like an epidemic of it being spread and getting it so it was like oh that and people time, were dying yeah. very quickly yeah but all of this also lines up with valtrex being invented mm. so when valtrex was invented healthcare companies and Valtrex companies had paid campaigns to kind of reinforce the stigma of having herpes 
to sell more pills. That's fucked up. Because if you're someone like me, right? I always have Valtrex on hand. I get like a refill every time I go to my like yearly or gyno or something just to be like, oh, I have it because I have an outbreak. Cool. Mm. Like if I go on a long vacation, I'll bring it. Cause it's so you only take home. it when you have an outbreak? Yeah, you don't I take it. it? Yeah. So, you, okay. So, oh my God. I only take it if I feel an outbreak coming mm-hmm. and I've only had really my first outbreak. And there's been two other times I thought I was having an outbreak. Turns out I had a yeast infection. So who knew? Like, I finally oh was like, God. okay, I'm taking these pills. Nothing's getting better. Got checked out. It was like, oh, yeast infection or BV, something else. Yeah. Know? I'm not trying to minimize herpes, but I'm also kind of like, why the fuck all the stigma? Like, can we all just chill and relax? It's like, well, I mean, you do the math, right? Yeah. If we convince you, you need to take this Valtrex every day. Mm. And there's this fear because the first two years I had herpes, I took it every day. Oh, you did? Yeah. And like, so you take someone with herpes, they're either now buying 365 pills a year or they're buying, you know, 30. Yeah. As an emergency stash. Mm. Or I would start taking it when I start dating someone new. It's just an extra precaution. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's better for business. So it makes sense why there were all these like horrible campaigns and they were putting money behind it. It's like Mm -hmm. to get better business. Yeah. Like the STI industry in general, like gonorrhea, chlamydia, all that stuff. uh, The stat I looked up, it's like it's an $18 billion moneymaker. Damn. So it's like herpes is looped in there. And like I said, like, oh, mm-hmm. herpes is a disease. We convince people they'll have they'll be taking a pill every day. Totally. So like, yeah, they, they love that the stigma exists. They're not going to go to bat to try to eliminate it. They make money off. Of it. I just hate it, though, because I feel like socially, like I probably told a friend this a while back when she was like, yeah, this guy I'm seeing, he has herpes and I just don't know. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely don't. And now that I'm learning about it, I regret saying that. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. ashamed that I said it, to be honest. Listen, I was I was But I just, person. I just didn't know. Yeah, I like, was that person before I got mm-hmm. it. I was very like, I'm always safe. I always ask partners, have they been tested? Yeah. It, when's the last time they got tested? Have they ever had an STI? Because mm-hmm. I knew a girl in college that got herpes. So I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And I remember looking up, like, the legalness of it. Yeah. And it's like, if someone asks you before they have sex with you, do you have any STIs? Mm-hmm. And you know that you do. Yeah. You legally have to tell them. You or they do. could, like, sue you, et cetera. Okay. So I, like, looked that up from her situation. So I was mm. like, all right, anyone I get with. So I was the girl doing that, which, like, let's be honest. Most people are not asking that question when we sleep with new partners. Yeah. We're judging a book by its cover. We're being like, oh, they seem clean. Yeah. What? We but I hate now. the word clean, too. Because exactly. it's like, yeah. we're all just a bunch of diseases, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I totally, if yeah. you asked me before I had herpes, would you, like, be with someone that had herpes? I'd say no, because I felt like I did. I do everything right. Yeah. I, I take care of my sexual health. I'm, I'm looking out for myself. Like, why would I put myself at risk? But I also didn't know that it's like, it's actually not that big of a risk. And if you trust them and they take good care of themselves, it shouldn't be like a big deal. Yeah. I uh, know a handful of friends that are married with herpes, not using condoms, haven't for years. Their Mm -hmm. partner still does not have herpes. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy to avoid transmitting to somebody. Yeah. But of course it's like the chance is always there. So you have to disclose to people and people kind of have to take it for what it, what it is. is. But that's why like the people that are always cool about it, it's because they know somebody that has it and it okay. humanizes it to them. Yeah. Because it's always assumed like, well, no one, you know, no quote normal people or right. the stigma is, well, super promiscuous people. And I was like, well, I got herpes. It was the first time I had had sex in a year. Like I had not had a ton of sexual partners. Yeah, no you were just. If you did. It was honestly like you were unlucky, to be honest. Yeah, very it wasn't unlucky. a. It wasn't like a character flaw. It was no. luck, and you just happened to be on the other side of it. 
Um, and it made me be like, if I got this, yeah, then tons of people have it. And anyone could get it. Anyone can get it. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not here to tell people what to do. It's like your body, your choice. Yeah. If it's still a deal breaker for you. It yeah. Is. Then that's your, that's your prerogative. But I think it's really helpful to just like humanize it and understand it because Again, there's just so much like stigma and miseducation around it. Yeah. Or the thing people don't want to hear is you have already slept with someone that has herpes. Oh, I I for sure probably have. You know what? Like we all have and didn't know. And that person probably didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like I said, not included in routine testing. Yeah. So it's like we all already have. So it's kind of funny that people be like, I would never. I'm like, well, you already have. Yeah. I had an ex-boyfriend who had a cold sore on his lips sometimes. Yeah, that's her. But I never, but I never got it. So, but like, we just wouldn't make out when he would have it. See, and that's like how I wish everybody taught treated genital herpes. It's yeah, literally the same exact. It's thing. the same thing. And like, because people will look up and they'll be like, HSV one is oral. I'm like, no, both types of herpes you can get mm-hmm. in both places. Yeah, it's just like HSV one was more common on the mouth, but because like, and often people would get it as children because we used to like kiss children on the mouth. Oh, interesting. But now we don't do that anymore. So HSV-1 actually now is, like, becoming more and more common genitally. But, like, Got someone it. with a cold sore, yep. if you go down on somebody with a cold sore, you give you give them herpes. You pass that to their genitals. Okay. So, like, when I got HSV-1 genitally, it's, like, when the other person didn't know and then got their blood work, they didn't know. Do I have it on my mouth? Do I have it on my genitals? I don't know. I've never had a sign. Interesting. Yeah. So it's oh, also God. interesting when I disclose, like, I'll be like, oh, have you ever had a cold sore? And so many people are like, oh, yeah, I've had one before. And I'm like, oh, then you already have it. Yeah. And their mind is blown. They're like, I don't have herpes. I'm like, you, yes, do. you do. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yes, like, I'm here and to support okay. you through this news. Yeah. yeah. Right, but you, know, you do. That's so interesting. Okay. So um, are there any, like, best questions or, like, things to avoid? Like, let's say, like, I'm talking to a guy. I really fucking like him. Okay. We're about to, like, get intimate. Maybe it's not, like, right before, but he's sitting out dinner. He's sitting down at dinner, and he's like, by the way, I have herpes, FYI. Is there, like, anything, like, I should or shouldn't do? Because me, I'm, like, very, like, yes, this is a intellectual, and I, like, you know, I would want to know a lot, but I also don't want to, like, be non-sensitive because I care yes. about his feelings. Right. So yeah. if someone discloses to you, yes. what should you say, what should you do? Yeah. First thing you should do is you should thank them for telling you. That's so true. Not tell you. Yeah. There's a lot of assholes out there. And I admit this all the time. I have Mm -hmm. slept with a few people and did not tell them. And I don't advise to do that. Right. It's just like, hey, it happened. I shouldn't have done that. Yep. So if you've done that and you have herpes, I forgive you. How about that? Okay. Okay. We're a clean slate, but like let's move forward together. Okay. Okay. So when someone tells you, thank them. Yeah. Say, wow, thank you. I know that's not easy to tell people Mm -hmm. because it's really not. No. Um, and I think the only things like to ask them is like oh do you take medication for it fair question Mm -hmm. and they might say like me like i typically don't but if i start seeing someone i do and Mm -hmm. i can start taking it that makes you feel better okay um and another question is like how often do you have outbreaks and most people it's not often at all yeah um but yeah i don't think there's like too many really questions to ask okay i think the biggest thing is just being you know understanding and thanking them for telling you Mm-hmm. And especially like in that moment, they probably aren't being like, so you want to fuck right now or what? Yeah, like, I think you I think you can step away and like think about it. And yeah, like, I think you telling me like and that's it. You don't have to give them an answer right then and there or make it weird or no. like start crying or like, don't be weird. Just like be normal. It's OK. Yeah. And then I advise everyone, whether you're being disclosed to or you're telling someone you have herpes, mm-hmm. encourage people to ask doctors because they trust doctors more 
than like totally. an average person. Totally. Go to, go to a primary source. Yes. And every doctor is going to be like, oh, yeah, this is not a big deal. I see this all the time. Yeah. It's very, it's much more common than you think. Yeah. And like if you need to do your due diligence, go ahead and do it. Like that's, mm-hmm. again, it's your body. It's your choice. So. Yeah. I think what's hard is like, well, I guess this is from the perspective of like having it. I think what's hard for women that have herpes is it's like, if you want to break down dating to like, where is your power, right? Men's power is commitment. Usually the commitment is up to the man. Most women want to commit and that's that mm-hmm. decision's up to them. But then sex is the power that like women hold. Mm. Typically when a woman wants to have sex and whenever they're dating someone, the man is like, yep, along for the ride. He's down. Right? So it's like, as women, we can have sex whenever we want. I can go to Dwayne Reed and find someone to have sex with. One thousand okay? percent. Right? That's, yeah. that's our power. Yeah. Right? Men can get into a relationship whenever the fuck they want. Yeah. Like there's always going to be a woman willing to get into a relationship with them. Okay. Right? So that's where the power shifts. So as women, it's like when you get herpes, you almost kind of feel like you lose that power a little bit. Yeah, it's annoying. Like you suddenly feel like, oh, this isn't my decision anymore. And I don't like to think in relationships in terms of power, but I feel like it's like an extra layer that women feel. Yes. Whereas like a man disclosing, now it's more like, if she wants to really date me and be with me, she'll probably be okay with this thing. Not necessarily though, because I yes and no, but I, no. I see what you're saying, but also like you could like tell him date three, like, hey, just so you know, I have this. I'm not saying that we're about to sleep together. FYI, I'm still watching you. Like you better, <laughs> you better fucking behave. You know what I mean? But I'm just telling you I don't because it that way. But I get it. Yeah. But because because I have to legally tell you slash like ethically, I'm gonna. <laughs> but like now you know, and if you consent to this, like I still decide. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't. I'm not saying it takes away your power. I'm saying that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Because especially when I was young, it's mm. like I still was very much like I'd hook up with people here and there. Oh, I'd true, have fun true, when true. I want to have fun. Yeah. And I, I wasn't in this mindset like I so badly want a relationship or like really want a boyfriend. I was sometimes like, you just wanted to get your needs met. Well, I mean, still, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're all human, but it was more like, oh, I was still focused on figuring out my career and mm. just hustling. So like, I wasn't on dating apps like really trying to go on dates and all this stuff. And so it suddenly felt like I couldn't be in the hookup game anymore. Got it. And I found that out to be true. Because that's another question I get is people are like, oh, so this, does this mean I can't like hook up with people anymore? I'm like, no, you absolutely can. Yeah, you just have you to just let have them to know. tell people. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, look, you might be getting rejected a little bit more than you usually did, which sucks. But you'll live. You'll and live. And there'll still be people that do not care. Totally. There's always someone who doesn't care. But um, I think that's another good thing, though, too, was when I, especially when I joined that group of women, all of them were like, the good thing about having herpes is it weeds out people that did just want to sleep with you. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, would I risk this for someone I just want to sleep with? Probably not. Yeah. But, oh, I'm actually interested and I want to date them. Like, those guys always were fine with it. Maybe they didn't sleep with me, like, as soon as someone else would. Mm. Like, before I had herpes. Yeah. Sorry, but they didn't sleep with me as soon as maybe they would have if I didn't have it. Yeah. But, like, the guys that liked me, we just continued dating and eventually were there. Yeah. So it's like, hey. I think, yeah. What? Your other question. What? I forgot to say this. I always Oh, yeah. Tell. Okay, if you have herpes, all right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is probably the number one thing nobody talks to you about. Okay. You deserve great sex, by the way. Oh, fuck you yeah. You deserve great sex. I myself put up with bad sex. In really? To be like, yeah, because it was like, I was just so excited to be having sex again and have someone be cool at herpes. So I'm like, I don't fault you if that's you or you've done that. But like, I would always hit a point in those relationships. I'd be like, oh, but this isn't good. Like I had one guy who like wouldn't go down on me. And I was like, hey, if that's something you don't do. Or if it's like, because I have herpes, like, I get it. I'm not going to force anybody to do anything. I was like, mm-hmm. but I also don't have to stay. Yeah. You know, and that, but that's hard. A lot of times you're just so happy to be like, someone accepted this about me. 
but then you're like accepting a bad sex life, which is like, no, herpes does not diminish your sex life and it shouldn't. Yeah. No, that's a really interesting point because you're, yeah, you still should keep your standards just as high. Yes. But just screen guys by telling them, you know, date three or whenever works with your timeline. Yeah. You don't have to do it date three. But just, yeah. But then be like, okay, you know, now you consent. Now let's get back to regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, it really yeah. shouldn't change anything. Yeah. What I'm trying to say. Totally. You know? So it's like it was – it took me a while to figure that out, and I kind of wish someone said that to me because sometimes there's this attitude, especially from people that don't have it, mm. and I feel like it's like a settling attitude that we've all had for different reasons. But I've gotten totally. it herpes reasons where it's kind of like, oh, but he's cool with herpes. It's like – No. Okay. That's not a personality trait. Yeah. I'm like, like it's not that cool. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not cool at bad sex. So. No. But I suddenly have to be now because I have herpes? No. Yeah. No. No. I just think that it's something that happened. It's a medical condition. You addressed it's it. It's a skin condition. It's really. a skin. It's a skin condition. It's like if you had eczema. Yeah, and everyone again, everyone has something. Yes. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, okay, I have a game. Let's okay. quickly play. It's called Ick or Lick. Ick or Lick. Yep. So like, if you like it, you lick like it. A smash or pass. Yeah. If you hate it, you ick it. Okay. Um. So the first one is choosing your partners based on star signs. That's a huge ick for me. Okay. Plan for me, I would maybe do it. I can't decide. Oh, Marin, come on. I know. I You're really... in your thirties. What are you doing? Star signs. <sighs> I'm still. The jury's out. Star signs. There's certain signs I just do not vibe with. But if that was the only deal breaker, then I would look past it. Obviously. But I thought it's like the minute you're like, oh, I'm on this sign, then people go. Oh, oh, but what's your moon and what's your rising and, you know, blah, blah, blah. True. Because nobody guesses I'm a tourist. All these astrology people, they're so into it. They're like, I know vibes. I'm like, what am I? No one guesses. They don't know your vibe. They don't They don't guess Taurus. That I'm really? like, this all means shit. Oh, really? Yeah. My, me and my mom are both Tauruses. We're born like two days apart. Mm-hmm. My mom and I could not be more different people. Yeah. So I'm like, this, it's trash. Okay. It's trash. I, I appreciate Stop that prerogative. That I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like champion astrology because I don't know enough about it to be like, oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. On. But I just some I date people, men shorter than me. Date a Scorpio or whatever you don't like. Um, I'm a Scorpio. Okay, sorry. I don't know. I don't know who you don't vibe with. We're we're a little guys. cray cray. Um, okay, planning a date for a man. I mean, that's very vague, but would like, you do I don't it? Think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, I would say. That's I, why I was like, "What date? We're talking first date." I planned like a fifth date one time, and I hated it. I like okay. need. I need to plan like maybe like once we're official, then I'll start planning. No, no, I don't. I don't abide by that. You don't abide. No. What do you think? What number? Well, it's like, you do you have planning? no opinions? There's nothing like you want to go do or try. There's not like a bar you want to go check out. Why can't you just be like, oh, I want to check out this restaurant. Let's go. Yeah, I guess I could. Oh, I snagged a reservation. I don't, what's? I guess I'm not like allergic to it. I'm just like very over the top. And so it's like I didn't when want I to say this with your game title, but I was like, I feel like icks are for women in their twenties. I'm like, let's get over it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I still think that you can have an ick at any age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like. Like a valid deal breaker ick, I'm usually like roll my eyes. Like that's why you call it an ick. It's like such a little thing. Yeah, I think like an ick is like it depends on what it is. It could like you could have a slight ick, you could have a medium ick, or you could have a major ick. And then I would say if it's a major ick, it's maybe on the territory of deal breaker. Yeah, I would just call it a deal breaker. Yeah. You know, like a legit thing. Like he doesn't want his ick or lick. I'm like deal breaker. This is what. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But like I, I would I wouldn't that. say like having kids, I wouldn't say is that an ick or a lick. I think that's a different category. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. Um <laughs> Ooh, the man sending an Uber for a date. To pick me up? Mm-hmm. 
For a first date? It could be the second or the third, once you've known him. Um, I think what's hard with this is, like, do I trust giving someone my address? Yeah. Someone I met from an app for a second, third, I'm like, nah. You're it. still strangers. You're a stranger. Yeah. I'm giving you my address. Yeah. The gesture is a lick. But so the, that's why this one's hard. But the it's like, oh, it's a safety issue is an nice. But give me an Uber to and from my place. Yeah. Uh, no. When you're still a stranger to me for a couple dates, I'd be like, oh, that's really generous of you, but it's okay. Yeah. I don't want you to have my address. Or I guess I could do like the McDonald's that's near me, but it's still like, I don't like it. You don't like it. Mm, I don't like it from a safety standpoint. I agree. I think so the old me would have been like, send me an Uber every time, bitch. But now I'm kind of like, eh, let's be safe. I've just heard too many stories of people getting killed from dating apps. I mean, um, getting killed in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, how about guys who really like crypto? <laughs> I really don't know a lot about crypto. I feel like it's if you know a lot about anything and that's all you talk about, it's an ick. So the crypto guy, the... The stereotype is they just fucking talk about crypto at you. Mm. So, ick. Yeah. For me, that's an ick. Yeah. With peace and love to the crypto guys. I just don't like it. Yeah. It's like, it's also like imaginary money to me. So, mm. I'm just kind of like, this is, this is not even real money. Yeah. And I feel like those who get it, get it. Those who don't, don't. But I just like, don't care to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. No. I haven't interacted with too many, but probably an ick. How about tattoos? Lick. I don't really think that matters. Really? Yeah. Mm, I kind of don't like some them. Some tattoos are hot. I think Have some you ever been with a guy that has a lot of tattoos? I've been with a guy who occasionally has a tattoo. Occasionally has uh-huh. a tattoo? Like I've never been tattoos. with, like, like a Travis Barker. Like, he has a lot of tattoos. Travis Barker all over their face and whatnot. Yeah. But, like, just, like, a one sleeve. You never been with a guy that has, like, one sleeve or, like, I don't six? think those guys like me. Oh, dude. I think I'm a little too girly for those guys. Listen, I, I used to never be into tattoos. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I necessarily seek out. But then I hooked up with a few tattoo guys. They're the fucking best. Really? Yeah. They're okay. The perfect combo of uh, like aggressive but sweet. See, here's the thing. If they were really amazing and they just happened to have tattoos, like I'm not going to like let it deter me. See, I here's what I'm going to say. Mm. Men, when they dress up, are covered. So it's so easy for men to hide tattoos. True. Women, it's the opposite. We re- reveal more skin when we get dressed up. So if anything, I'm jealous of men that it's like, oh, they could have a full sleeve and you would never know. There's people you've worked with that like have plenty of tattoos and you have absolutely no idea. But here's my problem with them. What? When a guy has a really ugly tattoo, it just makes me doubt his sensibility. Because I'm just <laughs> I mean, like, how could you choose that? Like people what? have bad tattoos, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. They got it when they're young, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. also you can get that, that can get removed. True. You know? True. Also, are you Jewish? No. Oh, okay. But that's a thing, right? Is that you a Jewish tattoo, thing? You can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery. Oh, so yeah. the Jewish community is anti-tattoo. So I was like, oh, I didn't know. Does that come from like, ah, I bring you to meet my parents and there's like a thing about oh, the tattoos. Oh, no. But I feel like our generation doesn't doesn't really care about tattoos anymore. It used to be this kind of big stigma, but now I'm like, everybody has them. I don't have any and I actually probably would never get one, but I'm like, eh, you got tattoos. Cool. I don't have one either, but I don't know. Maybe. Um, I almost got one the other night. At the what? box because they were giving away free tattoos. Oh, no, don't do that. And I got a little tipsy. And I was like, ooh, should I get one? Oh, no. And then I was like, where on my body would I put it? And there's like nowhere I could think, I think of. you're actually not supposed to like drink days before and days after. Yeah, that was this silly. your blood, so don't do that. That was not the vibe. Yeah. But I'm like, imagine getting your first tattoo at the box. Actually, that was dirty as fuck. Okay, I take that back. Um, I imagine you do that. And then you just said what you said. And you're like, an ugly tattoo. I know. because like, I'd be like, you got drunk and got a free one? I know. There's no thought behind it? That's, that's an ick. That's an ick. I have a little thought behind it. I know. 
Okay. Um, this person said, would you ever date an English guy? I feel like your humor is quite sarcastic. Um, like us Brits. Love oh, me. Love from London. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to pretty much all. I mean, literally, I'm open to all races, countries, whatever. Okay. This person asked if you. Um, I'm like, yeah, London would be cool. I think Europeans are more direct in general. So I do think I vibe a little bit more with a London European, boy, European men in general. Yeah. They're very direct. It's really not a lot of bullshit. You're going to hate this, but my astrologer told me that I'm going to probably end up with somebody from overseas. Okay. So if it happens, I will message you. I'll let you know. Um, how to deal or do you, this person said how to disclose to guys from the apps that you have herpes, but do you just not like you're on the date? Disclose like you're on a date. Okay. So you're not saying no, it on the apps. You have to, this is the other thing you're in your head about disclosing. It's like, do you even like this person? Yeah. Like, you, especially that we've never met. That's like the first criteria. Yeah. Do I li- like, if anything, that's why I'm like, get out there. I know a lot of times you get herpes and you don't want to get out there. I'm like, get back out there because all it takes is a bad date where you're like, Oh, I don't even like that guy. And I was so worried about disclosing. For what? Yeah. I, I'm just never going to see that guy again. Totally. That's what you need. Or girl again. You know? Whoever. Whoever. Um, the last question is best comedy club in New York other than the comedy club or the comedy, comedy seller, seller, I think they mean. Um. Okay. Well, all the comedy clubs now have kind of changed to a similar model where they have several different comedians. Uh, Gotham Comedy Club's great. That's also great if you have a big group because it's a really big room. So you can mm-hmm. usually get a reservation for that many people. Um, a lot of times I go based on lineups, so it's very hard for me to say. But, like, consi- uh, it's like there's also New York Comedy Club, same style. There's usually, like, eight comics on the lineup. So it's like, hey, some you might love, some you might go, eh, not for me. Um, and staying with The Stand. The Stand same- tends to have a lot of the same people. Uh, I mean, every club tends to have a lot of the same people. I'd go Gotham is probably my number Gotham. two. Gotham. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Gotham's great. Um, what is your biggest piece of dating advice? And then plug yourself. Oh, my biggest piece of dating advice. Um, uh, I'm like, there's so many I could like regurgitate from other people. Uh, I would probably say, probably say based on this episode, don't be afraid to initiate, but also match their energy. Yeah. So it's, if you're always the one initiating, it's not going anywhere, but initiating, I don't think is a bad thing for specifically women to do. Like we get told. Yeah, I would agree. I think that having like reciprocal energy is the vibe and as somebody who talks to women all day every day about dating and men it's just like drives me a little crazy when women just become so passive or like they want the guy to like basically go on a scavenger hunt to find them it's yes. like have some agency in your love life i think and initiate yeah. if you want to yeah but i think uh my my latest thing has been kind of veering away from the apps actually i've been like putting myself out there more in different ways and more like real life irl just just literally being yeah out there amazing so Okay. Approach um, people in real life. People want to get approached. Say hi. Yeah, say hello. Literally just have to say hey. What's up? I wanted to introduce myself. You seem like a fun group or you seem fun. What's good here? Literally anything. Yeah. Compliment their shoes. That's an easy compliment. For oh, them. that's a good one. Um. Okay, where can people find you? Um. I'm at Sperica. I'm pretty much everything, which is S-P-E-R-I-C-A-A. And I have two podcasts, Shooters Gotta Shoot and Finding Mr. Right, if you want to check those out. Amazing. Thank so, you, Erica. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks again to our sponsor, First Rounds on Me. If you're tired of endless small talk with an overwhelming number of pen pals, go download First Rounds on Me now and get yourself a real date.